0: This is the Gambling Gauchos. Hey! If we keep playing and fighting for each other, and no matter what happens, we...
1: That's
2: all we do! Somebody turn on some damn music! You're listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys harley Picadors. you see in this world there's two kinds of people my friend those with loaded guns and those who dig you dig Win. the gambling gauchos oh and one more thing it's all west texas it always has been
0: Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. We we'll also have Money Mainville in the chat tonight. Here in the Cardinals Sports Center studio, if you need to gear up for, I don't know, the sky falling around you or something like that, uh, you can go to Cardinals. They probably have hard hats and umbrellas and stuff like that. Uh, if you if you need to gear up for uh, inclement weather. I don't know why you would need to do that, but if you do need to do that, you can go to Cardinal Sports Center, mycardinalsports.com, or live and in person over there on 68th, 8-ish-ish, end of the slide. 68, 68th-ish. How do, you, how do you say that? Am I saying that right? 68th-ish. 8th-ish. That just is a weird word. 8th, 8th-ish. Anyways, yeah. you go to Cardinal Sports, get you some stuff. Tay Basketball lost again. The Discord was a mess. Kyle, what are your thoughts?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I probably contributed to the Discord being a mess. But when it was, I don't know, something like 49 to 36 roundabouts there, I was like, all right, are y'all ready for this 16 to 4 run coming up before we blow it anyway? And I don't know if that was exactly right, but it was pretty dang close. Another really frustrating loss, just, again, not necessarily that you lost, but how you lost, kind of going back to the TCU game. Um, Just like, okay, make more than 6% of your three-pointers or draw up literally anything else coming out of a timeout late in the game or use one of your two fouls to give instead of – Falling them at the rim as he's going up for a layup. Just felt like you couldn't execute some pretty basic stuff. And I'm not asking for a ton, right? Like I'm not saying, well, had you shot 40% from three, you would have won. Like just make multiple in a game, you know? So another frustrating loss, one of those that, you know, that it's it's hard to hard to peg the bottom of this conference because it's so good top to bottom. But if there is a bottom tier, I think OU is probably in that or close to that. And so to lose to them on your home court is kind of especially devastating. It's, it's a tougher pill to swallow than losing a road game or to the best team in the conference. This was kind of like a new type of gut punch. And, of course, 0-3 is never a good spot to be in.
0: Mathematically, it's bad. It's much worse than 0-2. Um, Ryan, we don't have to talk about the whole game. It, it was not a good game. But I do want to go through a few end game scenarios that Kyle just talked about. I liked the play to Jalen Tyson to in regulation, but it was tied, right? You didn't need to take a three. And right before that you had fouls to give and you you just let him have a free layup. Um it's not new that Texas Tech is struggling in in game scenarios, but is this a new low?
1: Yeah, I personally was, was not a fan of either of the last shots that were drawn up. I know on that Tyson look, I, I got into some discourse on Twitter about it, and I agree that I don't think that Jalen Tyson was the primary option on that play. I think that they were trying to find something else, and that corner shot is just kind of where the play ended up. Um, But I didn't like it, especially with the game tied, especially coming out of a timeout. And also didn't like the one um, at the end of overtime that ended up being just a heave from a true freshman that ended up getting blocked. And so I think it's frustrating, um, especially in a tie game at the end of regulation. Uh, Being in the Big 12, you don't want to play for overtime. In that scenario, there's really no reason to. In college basketball in general, you might as well just generate as high of a quality of shot as you can get. Um, But for all the struggles in in the game that Texas Tech had, it felt like they were right there, and it felt like they could have overcompensated for a lot of really bad play um, with just a couple of really methodical possessions, and we didn't get it. And now Texas Tech is 0-3 in Big 12 play to start for the first time in a decade. They are 59th in net right now which is actually a bit inflated because Eastern Washington and Louisiana tech actually got promoted to quad three wins today, which will likely not hold as the season goes on. Um, And I, you just look around the conference right now and and you're at the bottom at pretty much all of these metrics that, that track your resume and track your performance. I mean, you look at Kim Palm, you're last, you look at net rankings, you're last. And, um, just comparing the efficiency profile that Texas Tech has right now, if you look at it, um, T-Rank has a really cool feature where you can line up Texas Tech's offensive efficiency with and their defensive efficiency with teams in years past, and it gives you like ten teams that are similar to that. Only one of them has won a tournament game, so you're uh, you're in the danger zone. And I think that there's been a lot of. You know, two really polarized opinions over the past couple of weeks of, hey, this team is just fine. Just let them get healthy. There's also the opinion of, hey, sky is falling. This isn't a good team. And I think the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but what I think we've seen right now is this basketball team has quite a lot to work on um, if they want to improve down the stretch and if they want to make the tournament. And you've got two games back-to-back on the road where you're projected to have about a 31% chance of a victory in Ames and a 24% chance at a win in Austin. So it's looking grim.
0: What's the... 0-3 oh, oh is tough. But what's the number that is coming after a zero still in conference play where you're just like, okay, it's it's over? Is it 6? Cause I know it'll be really difficult to go on a five, six, seven, eight game winning streak here, but you can go four and one a couple of times and and be eight and eight and ten and and make a showing of it. Is it six? Is it zero oh and six where you're really really just shutting it down and playing for next year? Zero
1: oh and five. Yeah, I don't uh-huh. know because I really think you're looking at zero oh and five right now. At least, um, especially with the health of this roster, and I don't like being the the doom and gloom guy, but the fact of the matter is, this conference is loaded, top to bottom. There are no easy games. There are no games where you can kind of take a back seat and say, "Hey, we we've got this one. Um, this will help boost our resume." You don't really have that this year. In fact, if there is a team in the Big Twelve right now that's like that, it may be you. And so, I think you're gearing up for a tough stretch. I think you've got some tough games against quality opponents. I think that the teams that are not good in the big 12 or that are maybe lower on some of these efficiency metrics, teams like Oklahoma state, Iowa state, those teams have a lot of length and a lot of athleticism, which is scary to me because you're not as big or athletic as you have been in years past. And so you've got yourselves in, in a bit of a hole now and, I I really don't think that you're looking at a game and you're feeling super good about it until man West Virginia comes to town and in mm. late January I think that game's January 25th so you you've got a stretch in front of you and it's it's do or die time like it, it's January 8th as we're recording this and it feels reactionary to say that but your your tournament odds just continue to decrease
2: brand don't care that was a phrase adopted by the football program in kind of an alternate set of circumstances you know that was joey telling the the team and and the program like hey brand don't care if it's 12 below zero in Ames. brand don't care that we're four and five what's next and a phrase that our fan base might need to learn is committee don't care because after every loss, there's a, oh, well, when Fardos comes back, oh, we were down popping boncho today. Oh, we were really close, and if we don't turn the ball over 24 times, then we would have won that game. I'm sorry, but committee don't care. They're going to judge your resume for what it is, not what it might have been had a bunch of other players played or not played and had the ball bounce another way. And so – 0 oh 3 is 0 oh 3. You still do not have a single bullet point on your resume to speak of. Like last year, we were talking about, we were arguing two seed versus three seed, and are your five best wins better than Baylor's five best wins? You don't have a best win right now. I mean, you do, but it's quad three. It's It's absolutely nothing to speak of. And I don't like being the doom and gloom negative guy either, but I'm going to be honest and try to be accurate on here. And to see these losses over and over and then go to Twitter and see people you know, fairly certain that we're still poised for a deep tournament run as soon as we just figure out a couple things, I'm like, I don't know what world you're living in. I just don't think that's going to happen. And I would love to be proven wrong. Maybe they'll figure something out and a switch will be flipped and we go on a tear with a winning record in Big 12 play. But right now, I just want to tell people committee don't care. If Fardos comes back and he's the spark plug we needed and we win four in a row after that, it won't matter if we're one and eight when that process begins. The committee is not going to judge your resume from the point when Fardos comes back or anything like that. And so it, and I'll say this too, that is just an assessment of this season because I've, I've seen this take too, that like, oh, we're spoiled. The last five years have been so good. That's true. Unfortunately, it has no bearing on this individual season. It doesn't, um doesn't help you make the tournament this year or take away from how disappointing that would be to not make it this year. And so I I think we need to start getting familiar with the idea that the committee don't care, just like the brand didn't care during football season.
0: I keep going back to the, the thought process that it's kind of new for some fans that the, the end of game scenarios stink and you're not great out of timeouts, and that's been the case. That's been the case. But you know, in 2018, you had a guy named Keenan Evans. And it didn't matter if you were bad at a timeouts because Keenan Evans was good at a timeouts. And then you had a guy named Jarrett Culver. And it didn't matter if the coaches were bad at a timeouts because Jarrett Culver was good at a timeouts. He had that uh, spinning Kobe jumper. Um, you had Mack McClung. You had Jamias Ramsey. And even in your bad years where you're nine and nine and probably not making the tournament if COVID doesn't happen. Or you're a six seed and Mac McClung is dragging you along with him. You had those players. And this year I think it's Pop Isaacs, but he's a freshman. And he, hasn't, he didn't play and he's not going to play the next game. So I, I don't project to be uh, good at late game scenarios. If you want to win a Big 12 game, I think you're going to have to be up by 10 with two minutes to go. And I just don't see a possibility of that happening in the next week or two. And uh, maybe this is one of those things where we just say, "All right, let's let's reset the deck and kind of reassess our expectations here." Uh, I said last episode, I think Texas Tech, Tech is a good basketball team. Uh, I still think that's the case, but good is not nearly good enough in the Big Twelve. And if you're not going to be healthy and you're not going to be great, then there there really isn't a a path. I, I still think this team is good. Um, but again, the rest of the big 12 right now seems better, which is is scary a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think going back to that idea of, Hey, the past couple of years, you've had some guys. I mean, where was the guy that scored 37% of your points against Oklahoma at the end of the games? I mean, how did the ball not end up in davion harmons hands uh, on one of those final possessions and just let him bulldoze to the rim. it's all he did all night. he got there all night. why not just let him take it on that last possession and at least try and draw a foul? i just i i don't think you have an engine right now and that's that's a really problematic thing whenever you're just inconsistent on offense in general night in and night out. And when you go two of 18 from deep, which again, I don't think is a performance that will replicate itself. I think that this is a better shooting team than that indicates, but I don't think that they're a team that's going to be knocking down, you know, 36% of their threes every night. And I mean, you had three Oklahoma starters, three starters that made as many or more three point shots in that game than your entire team. And so you've got to start finding a way to find some points from anywhere. I mean, I I thought the guy this season would be Jalen Tyson. Uh, He's got decent efficiency numbers. Just doesn't seem like he's super comfortable with the ball on his hands right now. Davion Harmon is is kind of a night in and night out uh, different story. Uh, Kevin O'Banner is pretty hit or miss right now. Pop is obviously hurt. Boccho is limited just because of his size. And so I, I just don't know where you've turned. And I think every every night it's going to have to be a different guy. And that that's just a really tough position to be in in this league. I certainly appreciated Bryson Williams last year. He was
2: maybe my favorite player and knew that was going to be a big loss. But how much do you miss him right now? Because he was the guy last year where he said, hey, we need a bucket. Just – we're going to give you the ball in the high post, do whatever you want. And he was really freaking good at that. And I guess it was Mac McClung the year before that, you know, for all their individual or team's flaws, you at least had guys on those rosters, Keenan Evans, going back several years We said like, Hey, we need a bucket. And those guys could usually do it for you or, or maybe at least get to the free throw line. And that's where, like you're saying, the thing that worked best for you all night was Harmon, just driving straight to the rim and for some reason we went away from that. So, and, and you know, maybe they could have done uh, pick and roll set with Bacho if he wasn't out, but he was. So, I don't know. This, this I think that's important in, in late game scenarios or just to like stop a run or something. To have a guy who say, "Hey, we're going to put the ball in your hands, go get us a bucket." And you have guys that can do that at times like you said Ryan, but not nearly as consistently as Bryson Williams or Mac McClung over the last couple of years.
0: Who Who is the guy? And if this team doesn't have the guy, if it's not Pop Isaacs, uh, and obviously if it's not Pop Isaacs, it's somebody else, but David Harmon hasn't showed me anything. And there was an isolation set late in the game, and I think he took a contestant three and didn't drive. So they were trying that. And he didn't execute or he couldn't find space because on the pick and roll, Kevin O'Banner didn't run hard to the rim. He just kind of floated. And there was no, th- this team for the last two years has had zero spacing. It, it baffles my mind that this team cannot have good spacing. Um, Also on the final play of the game, that's called out of a timeout. The first option wasn't there. And so everyone just stands. They They don't try to make a single thing happen after the initial play doesn't work. I, that that just, I mean, is the team bad or are they poorly coached? I mean, that's what I'm getting to, right? Because the late game scenarios, you you should have a second option, right? On a play that doesn't work. Or at least some movement. There's zero movement. And O'Banner wasn't open, so... Lamar Washington had no idea what to do.
2: I'm not trying to compare the two at all, but back when I played basketball in middle school, our coach had a, his favorite play was play basketball. And so we had play designs and everything. He said, that doesn't work, play basketball. And I think that's what you're getting at, Rob, is like they, they draw something up in the sand over there during the timeout. Nothing's there. And then they just kind of like stand around. It's like, well, do something like get to the bucket, Slash show screen or or set a screen. I mean, do something, and and you just uh, that's been a frustrating theme all season. Just off ball movement. It's just kind of like, but I I don't. A lot of people don't really know what they're doing out there, and I don't know if it's coaching or poor execution or what.
0: Is it chemistry? Like, because I don't know. I mean, it could be a lot of things, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think the thing that's especially frustrating about that last possession and kind of the way that these two things feed into that is Tanner Groves was out of the game. The the only real guy with size that they have other than the Sam Godwin. I mean Jalen Hill is a freak athlete, but I mean with 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 that guy off the floor, you've just gotta know that you gotta get to the basket. And I think that's something that lands on both scheme from the staff and the players. Um, Because in those moments, you've got to have a guy that says, okay, I understand that they don't have size underneath the basket right now. So I'm going to get there and I'm either going to score a basket, which Davion Harmon was making some layups in that Oklahoma game that were crazy high levels of difficulty. And I'm, you just went away from it. And so I think part of it is scheme. I think part of it is players. I think part of it is coaching. Um, I I don't think that this is a bad team. I think that they've got some really good players, uh, but they are very incomplete right now. And it's going to take a lot of improvement in a lot of different areas for this team to really make some noise down the stretch of Big 12 play because it doesn't get easier. Like this is... This is the league this year, and this is how it's gonna be. And even your your SEC challenge draw that you got at the beginning of the year, like I I was thinking like, okay, I don't like this LSU draw because tech just played them, and also because this team is not going to be very good. Well, here's LSU playing pretty good basketball at this point in the season, looking at T rank right now, and you're projected as a one point favorite in that game. So there's another nail biter. Um, and so the one game that you have left on your schedule, that's out of the league, at least in the regular season is going to be a nail biter as well. And so buckle up, man. I mean, we were, we were talking about this on the last episode of this team is going to raise your blood pressure. Um, take good care of yourself this season. Drink some water. It, it's going to be rough.
2: I am posting that Peaky blinders gif of the, of the cigarette drag like before and after every big 12 game. Cause that's, And it's like, it's not a, it's win or lose. It's just brutal on your mental health to watch Big 12 basketball because it's just a slugfest. There's no break. You know, you get out of one of these games and three days later, you have to do it all over again, no matter who it is on the schedule. And it's just a beating. Not, I mean, it's fun, you know, like it's sports. I enjoy it kind of, but I also sort of hate watching it sometimes. It's just, um, when you know it's going to come down to the last few minutes every single time, um, it's just stressful.
0: You say that's a smoking gif? Is that your favorite uh, style of smoke?
2: Uh, I like throwing some stuff on the smoker every now and then. Were you just lobbing the alley-oop there? You yeah, yeah, the, I was, I was okay. lobbing up, yeah. If you're looking for something off the smoker, head over to Olton or across West Texas, wherever the Regino barbecue mobile food truck might be you know them you love them at BBQ on social rehinobbq.com where you can order ahead Uh, get your order in before 9 a.m the day of for guaranteed pickup and they don't miss you know sometimes texas tech basketball is hit or miss Barbecue never misses the best barbecue in west texas i wonder when that new texas monthly list comes out i'm sure they'll be on it again they were one of the top 50 barbecue joints in texas last year Uh, If they're not this year, we riot. But anyway, Rojino Barbecue, shout out to them for supporting the gambling gauchos. Go check them out if you haven't already.
0: Uh, Here's a question that I can't answer, but we can talk about. Uh, This is from Brandon. I just don't understand why the offensive guru guys we've brought in are not making it to the floor. Last year, Peary. This year, Green. Um, Peary left under strange circumstances, in my opinion, and now with Green. When he comes in, you just start recruiting a bunch of shooters, right? Kurt Walton, Deadeye, killed it at uh, UNC, even though he got benched late in the year. Uh, and then you had uh, Damarian Williams, Deadeye, volume shooter, 40%. Um, O'Banner comes back, 40% career. We're going to shoot, we're going to run. I mean, they wrote in a magazine, right, that this guy was the birth of uh, Golden State's offense, that Golden State's Steve Kerr came and watched Steve Green, and now they're running that offense. Or vice versa, I don't know. Uh, You just don't see it.
2: You have not seen it. At least the fan base didn't latch onto that Golden State Warriors quote too much, and they don't bring that up after every single core offensive output. Um, I'll let money actually talk X's and O's, but what comes to mind for me with that question do you remember all those years gary patterson was at tcu and we were like he's uh he's holding back sonny cumby and like he won't let him run the offense i'm not saying that's the case because i have no idea but i'm just speculating a guy who's so defensive-minded defensive culturally oriented like adams you have to wonder at this point like because period was a fast-paced guy i remember looking at all the tempo stats from his time at portland state thinking okay we're gonna we're about to run the floor we're not going to be the slowest paced team in the country anymore. And so with two quote unquote offensive coordinators in and both of them appearing to not run the style of offense they want to run, it has me wondering if there's like an order from the top like essentially that's not the way we're going to do things or that doesn't complement our defensive style very well. I don't know. Again, that's just speculation. I think money would have a better exit and os answer, but That's sort of what has come to mind for me is the whole Gary Patterson at TCU stopping his offensive coordinator from doing whatever they want to do and instead trying to kind of make them fit the mold that he wants for his
1: team. Yeah, well, it's intriguing too because I actually think Peary was a little bit more daring in his scheme than Green is. I mean, Peary is a guy that when he was at Portland State – Just did a lot of things that were really unconventional, ran a full court press for essentially the whole game, almost exclusively ran dribble drive motion in the half court offense. And Green is a guy, I know that a lot of people talk about the Golden State offense, and that really is the blueprint. I just think that people get confused with with scheme and results, Like just because the guy is trying to run an offense that's heavily reliant on spacing and shooting doesn't mean that's exactly what you're going to get. But I I do think that whatever we're seeing now is not working. And I think you've, you've got to try something else. The last time I looked at it a couple of minutes before we hopped on the pod tech was like 78th in Kim Palm's offense. And this year you've got three guys that have made double digit three pointers. You've made 110 three-pointers, and 75 of them have come from Pop Isaacs, Kevin O'Banner, or Jalen Tyson. I mean, there's just, where are your options? Um, it, It just doesn't seem to be working. Guys like Davion Harmon, where you think, hey, this guy should have a step up, or at least he should stay on level to where he was at last year, he's taken a pretty massive dip this season, he's shooting 22% from deep this year. That's just not going to cut it. Kerwin Walton can't get on the floor. Part of it is because he can't make shots, but part of it is because he's not getting good shots. Damarion Williams, I mean, he's 9-24 this year. That's 38%, which is good. Um, and he made one of your two three-pointers the other night, so that's a win. But it it's just slim pickings right now. You, you don't have a lot of options, and... I think part of that has to do with with scheme and the way that you're getting shooters open.
2: Well, and to Rob's point earlier, we were recruiting guys like Kerwin Walton and Demarion Williams for that system, and so and Demarion Williams, like you said, nine of twenty four is not bad on the season. I think he was like five for six against Jackson State, though, like your least consequential game, and so it was like that's not coming in moments where you really need it. And so it's like, you know, did they miss the evals on those guys? Is it, I've seen this theory. Is it impossible to be a, to reach your ceiling as an offensive player playing in this defensive system? Like is any offensive player going to take a step back on that end of the floor by playing our style of defense? Again, I I don't know. I'm just speculating there, but it, it's frustrating that like Rob's saying, you bring in these volume guys, they're supposed to be 38, 40% shooters and they can't even hardly get on the floor
1: in this system. I've got some thoughts on that <laughs> because I i I bought into that excuse a little bit last year of like, hey, uh, we're running one of the most aggressive and demanding defensive schemes in the nation. That's just what it is. Certain guys are going to take a step back. If you can't play defense, it's going to be really hard to get on the floor kind of what we saw with Sardar Calhoun, where, hey, if you're not going to make shots and you can't play at least, you know, a sustainable level of defense, you're not going to see the floor. And this year, this is not the Texas Tech defense that we've seen the last couple of years. It's the same scheme. They're still running no middle. Um, but the playbook is out on you. People know how to beat you. And if, if you've watched the Kansas and the Oklahoma games again, um, which is a painful thing to do, you will see a lot of guys open underneath the basket against Texas tech's defense, which is just really uncommon. And so I think right now it, it can't be about the defensive end of the ball. I, I just don't buy into that right now. Um, and that's really detrimental because, you know, it, it, it would make sense to sacrifice defense for offense if that was going to pan out exactly the way that you would like on paper. And I think that's what they tried to do a little bit in recruiting this year. I think they tried to favor offense for defense. And now you're sitting here with an offense that is inconsistent, can't score the ball. And you've got a defense that is not where it has been the past couple of years. Cause you're smaller than usual. And so you're just in a really tough spot right now. And again, I, I mean, things just have to turn around somewhere. And I, I just continue to ask myself where it's going to come from.
0: Uh, Big Hinn says, does lack of size down low hurt? Uh, Obviously, your two largest uh, players were out last night. Um, Yes. And again, this team has been incomplete from the start, so you can't really blame recruiting because you hadn't seen Fardos. And I'm not saying that he corrects everything now but he certainly would have been different if he was playing from day one
2: all right let's do this we're gonna go around and everybody say one nice thing one positive thing about the basketball team and one nice thing positive thing good thing about state trig because i don't want to be all negative about the basketball team it's hard to spin zero and three but i also don't want to totally take that tone of voice. So one nice thing about the basketball team. And then one nice thing about state trick. I'll go last. I'll let y'all go first.
0: Okay. I'll go first. Um, pop Isaacs is my nice thing about the basketball team. I, I still really like the youth on this team. I think it's a detriment in some ways, but Lamar Washington, Robert Jennings and pop Isaacs have bright, bright futures in college basketball. Uh, I hope it's at Texas tech. Um, speaking of bright futures, uh, you can have a bright future at State Trig. And one thing I love about State Trig is that they're all, um, furnished to the, to the hilt makes you, makes you, it's like you're staying luxury, but it's also home. It's a luxury home.
1: I've got two nice things. I'll start with the fact that Texas Tech is somehow 15th in the country in field goal percentage, not going to mention the fact that they are 322nd in field goal attempts. Um, but also, I, I made an, a comment about the noise level at the USA on our last episode. It sounded much better against Oklahoma. Looked a lot more full. Crowd was a lot more loud. Um, I, I think that's going to continue to be a real asset for you down the stretch um, as you just continue to try and grind out all of these wins. And stay trig, man. Some uh, deeply embedded spies in Lubbock saying that stay trig may or may not be the preferred way that uh, Mr. Richard Isaacs stays in Lubbock.
2: Yeah. I, nobody has told us that he doesn't stay at state Trig when he comes to the basketball games. Um, Rob, you stole a little bit of mine. I was going to say that I think very highly of Lamar Washington. I think he was a hit, and he has a bright future. I hope it's at Texas Tech. You just never know with the portal stuff. Um, My nice thing about the basketball team, when I was at the national championship game in Minneapolis, you know, Virginia had a pretty good lead on us most of that game. And I remember after Tech lost, I was like, man, I kind of wish Virginia had just won by 12. And I could have just tipped my hat, said, okay, y'all are the better team. But it made it more gut-wrenching to take the lead, lose the lead, go to overtime, and lose that way. So I'll say these last two losses have been frustrating to come all the way back against, or nearly all the way back against Kansas and lose by uh, three. And then to come back, uh, I think, down 13 against OU, and losing an OT, it kind of makes it worse because you you they give you hope, but I like that the team is still fighting when they do fall down by ten or twelve in a game, and you know it makes it more stressful to watch. That's why you do the Peaky Blinders cigarette drag gif. But uh, that's my positive thing about the basketball team. I hope that fight continues because it is eighteen rounds, and three rounds in is not you're not off to a good start, but it's not a it's not a death knell. And my positive thing about State Trig is it's a local option. So if you wanted to support a local business, State Trig is the way to go. You can book at com. And here's another positive thing. You can get 10% off your first booking when you use the promo code gauchos. Okay, anything else on basketball? Or should we just wait until the Iowa State people's post game to continue on there?
1: I've got one more note. Brandon dropped a a comment in the chat here that I think is really good talking about, you know, this young core of players that Texas Tech has and kind of an anecdote that I've seen a lot over the past couple of games is, oh, it's just a rebuild year. And those don't exist in college basketball. Uh, There there are no incentives to play poorly in college basketball. There just aren't. the guys that are young are playing already because they have to. Um, you're like, what are we gonna do? Play pop Ozics for 40 minutes a night instead of 35? Um, and so I think, you know, just to kind of, of steer it back into positivity as as we leave the segment of, you've got no reason to kind of sit there and say, okay, it's a rebuild year. Let's just get smashed in Big 12 play and head into next year. Nah. Like, fight like hell for these last 15 games. You can win a lot of these games if you play good basketball. And I I still think you're capable of playing the best basketball that you've played. And so, I think it's time to, you know, tighten the gloves and and get in the ring because there's there's a lot more rounds to this fight. 100%. Guys like Kevin O'Banner
2: didn't come back to rebuild. And a guy like Davion Harmon um,
1: in his fourth year of
2: college basketball, third – high major program didn't come here to rebuild. So I think that's a good point. You hit the nail on the head.
0: You also look around the rest of the big 12. I think TCU's playing about as good as they can play right now. I think Kansas state's playing about as good as they can play right now. I think West Virginia has had a stretch where they're playing about as good as they can play. Uh, Texas tech has a lot of room to improve. So I think Baylor and Texas tech right now, um, Both have major opportunities to take a step forward. And I think a lot of the other teams in the Big 12 are not peaking early, but playing really well currently. And maybe you can catch up to them. Uh, Discord mailbag?
2: Let's do some national championship game prop bets. Okay. Can you pull those up on action? Sure. I probably wouldn't care to do that if there wasn't a Big 12 team in it. But there is. So we can do that and then our score predictions, maybe.
1: I'm going to kick us off and just go ahead and without even a number, say that I'm taking the over on Kendra Miller rushing yards. Okay. Ooh. Unless it's in like triple digits or something. Yeah.
2: What if it's like 141 and a half? Yeah,
1: then I'm taking the under. But uh, I'm interested to see kind of what happens with, with their backfield in that game. Obviously a little bit beaten up. so
0: They do not on action have a TCU running back listed. Got Macintosh at 65 and a half.
2: Well, hey, R- Rob, th- 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 it's like when you don't like how people misuse over under. Yeah. There's not one, but Mainville's taking the over. Yeah. Like over under, Kendra Miller rushing yards. Mainville says yes. And
0: then Edwards Lock- at 49 and a half. Max Duggins, 27 and a half. Over. Yeah, I'll take over on Duggan. Hammer that. Our receiving yards. Uh Davis for uh TCU twenty nine and
2: a half. Darius Davis. Mm. He's kind of hit or miss. I, I probably wouldn't make a play on that one. He he could do all of that in one reception, or if they don't target him enough or something, he might not. Big Hint says, uh, over-under, does TCU win?
0: (laughs) Over. Oh, man. You got a Darius Davis, 29
1: and a half? I'll lean on or over. That's just too low for me to take the under on. That's just one chunk play, so I'll take the over.
2: The largest number. Rob, over-under, you get tired of people intentionally aggravating you with Prop bets like this. You could just stop
0: with intentionally aggravating me because you were last night in the Discord. Uh, Quentin Johnson, eighty-eight and a half,
2: over,
1: over, really,
0: eighty-eight and a half
2: over. I'll they're going to have two. to go if they're okay. If, if they're up, it's probably because he's having a good game. If they're no. down, they're going to have to target him a ton to try to catch up.
0: Uh, McConkie, thirty-nine and a half,
1: under. I'll trail.
0: And then uh Bowers, 63 and a half.
2: Over. Over. Plus money He's a dog.
0: over. He is a dog. Lunch
2: He's dog. a literal dog. Lunch pill guy. Coach's son.
0: Sneaky athletic. Anytime, touchdown score? You just want to uh, give me one and I'll I'll read you what the Duggan. Duggan, Max Duggan, plus 120. Yep. Do you want the Kendra Miller money? It's a minus 195.
1: Ooh. little steep. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I'd probably put the money on Doug in there. Got to have a QB draw or something in there.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Stetson Bennett plus 125. No. No. I'm trying to find some value here.
2: How about Bowers? Minus Mm
0: minus 180.
2: It's not good value.
0: Quentin Johnson's minus 120. McIntosh is minus 200.
2: I'll take Johnson, minus 120. That's close enough to, to even. even. I think he's got good, a good shot to score.
0: All right. Uh, do you want to get a first touchdown score in? This is one of my favorite props. Uh, McIntosh, plus 574. Bowers, plus 596. De Mercado, plus 687 for TCU the best the shortest odds for TCU
2: I'm going to I'll splash one unit on Bowers one unit on Duggan
0: Duggan at plus 1248
2: I like that so plus 1250 I I love that actually
1: Yeah Duggan Duggan seems to be the pick there but Bowers is a a good option there as well I think if I had to put money on two of those guys that that would be my two picks
0: I had a prize pick in the first round of the playoffs, and to hit the big money, I needed a Macintosh touchdown, and he just tripped at the six-yard line.
2: That was brutal. I remember you posting that screenshot. I also want to clear the air on Boynton Gate, as Big Hen called it. Oh, okay. I was not trying to intentionally aggravate you. Yes, you were. I interpreted the question differently than you, and I answered it to the best of my ability.
0: We don't need to if you wanna if you wanna follow along the Discord drama, you can join the Discord at uh patreon.com slash Campbell Gauchos. We don't need to rehash that here on the show.
2: Oh yeah, I wasn't going to I was just gonna clear the air with one simple statement and then move on.
0: I the fact that you feel like you need to clear the air maybe means that there you well, feel like there's something. I'm, that I'm needs responding
2: to, be to what you said earlier about that I intentionally aggravate you. Which I only do sometimes, but you I wasn't last in that night. Hey, can I tell a funny story real quick? Sure. Sure. (laughs) So as everybody knows, I'm a grown man who lives with his mom. It's true. Temporarily. And uh, before dinner tonight, she goes, hey, so I listened or I watched one of your podcasts, I guess, on YouTube. I watched one of your podcasts. She goes, money, money man. What's that? I was was like, money mainville. She goes, yeah, yeah. She goes, is he a Briggsie guy? Does does he know Briggsy?" And I was like. She was like because Briggsy lives in Plano, and I was like, no, Briggsy lives in Allen. Ryan lives in Plano. Um, so anyway, she's she's slowly catching on. She met Briggsy at the tailgate um, that we did before the Murray State game, yes. and so I guess I guess because it's all DFW, she thought that Briggsy and Mainville were somehow connected. Well, we're she's, all
0: Briggsy guys.
2: Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we're all Briggsy guys. It's all Briggsy. So anyway, she she calls you Money Man, Money Mainville, but she kind of butchered the nickname there. But I I was like, that's a pretty cool nickname too, Money Man. Yeah,
1: I like that. I think that's gonna stick.
2: It's like the Magic yeah. Man. <laughs> hey Ryan, does anybody call you Rye Guy? Uh, no. Am I allowed to call you that, or do you not like Rye Guy?
1: You can call me whatever you want.
2: All right, I, I like Rye Guy. I don't. I'm gonna try it out for a little bit, and
1: we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
2: Tried it.
0: I don't know if that. I don't know if that should last. Uh, pass, passing yards. 234.5 is Duggan. Even odds. And then Stetson Bennett, 277.
2: Under on Bennett.
0: Under on Bennett? Well, I would take yeah. the over on Max, I think.
2: That's close. I think he's going to run a lot. Yeah. So I think his total yards you know, will be up there. I'm not sure if he'll eclipse that passing, I don't feel good enough to make a play on that, but I think Stetson Bennett under is somewhat safe.
1: Yeah. I take the under on Bennett and I'll probably take the over on Duggan just because of the muddy running back situation, but I don't feel good about it.
0: Quick change on the name there. <laughs> uh, Stetson Bennett passing touchdowns, Max Duggan passing touchdowns, both at one and a half. But Stetson Bennett minus two fourteen over one and a half plus one fifty two under one and a half, and it's basically the opposite for Duggan. So you get plus money for over on Duggan and uh, minus money on the under.
2: Mainville's got it. Hammered the over on Duggan there.
1: Yeah, that's a free money glitch. I don't think I would touch the the Bennett line, but that that's easy money for Duggan.
2: Yeah, I, I mean. Because what else are they going to do in the red zone? If you've got Duggan any time touchdown score, he's either going to run it in himself or throw it. So unless they're getting shut out – I mean, I know they can hand it off, but if they're thin at running back, you have to like the odds that he tosses a couple, perhaps runs one in himself. So I I like that play, especially if you're getting plus money for it.
0: Quentin Johnson, touchdown catch, plus 120?
2: I think I already took him as an any time at plus 120, so – Sure.
0: And then uh Bowers at even money. McConkie at even money. It's weird. Uh anything else? Completions? Stetson Bennett over twenty one and a half? Minus one twenty two.
2: mm No, I don't think I don't think I want a piece of that.
0: Even odds, longest reception, Quentin Johnson, 33 and a half.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I, I don't have a good lean on that. What's the Duggan completion prop?
0: There, they Is there just one? Have Bennett. They don't have Duggan on there.
1: He's, he's completed less than 20 passes in four of his last five games. Actually, a lot work. more than that. I was gonna if I was handicapping,
2: I was gonna say like eighteen and a half.
0: Under.
1: Yeah, seven of his last eight actually on wow. completions under twenty, which is pretty crazy. Interesting. RTDB.
2: Hey Rob, a little bit of a missed opportunity there. I don't want to be critical, but if you're gonna go Rob TDB, yeah, you could have done Rob TD, bro. I could have. Maybe just a little yeah. input for next time if you wanna.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. I'll take that under consideration. Yeah.
2: I change my name every time. So do I. Yeah. I don't
0: know if you've noticed. I like that. Kind of do that. That's kind of our kind of our thing. Uh I'll be honest. The Discord was wild in the last couple of days. <laughs> I, I'm gonna try to read some questions here. Uh from the discord mailbag the diversified lenders discord mailbag if you need to turn your accounts receivable into money give discord discord a call (laughs) give diversified lenders a call
2: we had a mod in the discord who one week made a very valiant effort to go in and delete just the conversation that happens in the mailbag channel yes and i think it was so much work for him he was like i'm not gonna do that again and i don't blame him no so now we're left to sift through it every time we record
0: There's a start bench cut here. Um, Taco Bueno, Taco Bell, Taco Casa. And the first question never misses. No love for Taco Villa? Shut
2: up. I threw in Taco Cabana, but um, I'll I'll answer the question as posed because that's a pet peeve of mine when people insert their own option. I will start... Taco Bell, Bench Taco Casa, Cut Taco Bueno, only because I'm largely unfamiliar. I don't think I've had Taco Bueno before. If I have, it's been a while.
0: They can't cut it and love it for some reason. Got a question from the chat. When did you move out of George Washington's house?
2: Yeah, new headboard, (laughs) a little bit different design here.
0: It kind of looks like you're just sitting in the floor against uh, some some side paneling. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm on a bed with like some paisley oh, pillowcases nice. and sheets here. Very nice. Again, I live with my mom, so yeah, I'm I'm in a different guest room than I was last time. I think
0: I would trail that one.
2: Okay, Mainville, what's your
1: what's your taco rankings here? Start Taco Bell, bench Taco Bueno because of the Mexi dips and chips. Strong. That is a. Uh, classic food item, and then I'm cutting taco casa.
0: The chicken potato burrito is one of the best uh, options.
2: Did y'all know some people on Twitter don't like start bench cut propositions?
0: Yeah, there was a a lawyer that was cutting all start bench cuts, and I wanted to, you you have no, I I typed it out. I, I took it off. It's in my drafts. I wanted to start bench cut his law firm against Barnett Howard Williams.
2: <laughs> that wouldn't be I mean funny. <laughs> but I did. Hey, you know it's it's fun. It's a conversation starter. Yeah, I, I feel like we pick them in a way that people have different rankings. Like they're not bad propositions in that sense, right? And if you don't like it, I mean, I, I don't want to tell anybody to unfollow us. But like, if you, if you don't like the content you're saying, that's okay.
0: That guy doesn't follow us
2: uh he did earlier today. Oh. oh. <laughs> Maybe that did it for him.
0: <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, start bench cut ways to respond to tweets you don't like. Uh start uh, start keep scrolling. Bench reply. Um cut block.
2: Um yeah, agreed. You y- you never block.
0: No. I have too much FOMO to block. I can
2: hardly mute I have no problem muting, I've muted people, but if you block people, you give them a screenshot opportunity and then they're just gonna screenshot that you blocked them and tweet to their followers that you're soft for blocking them and so you just mute and then you never have to hear from them again.
1: Yeah. I'm, with, I'm with big hen right now. I'm I'm really into the uh ratio plus cope plus cry more response right yeah. now. Yeah. Mainly because I used to really care what, what people would reply to me on Twitter about, and now I, I'm just objectively trying to cause as much chaos as possible.
2: I, I truly only try to do that to people that are crying unjustly, like oh, OU fans whining yeah. that they want the Texas Tech. I'm like you're OU, you have every advantage conceivable over us. And now you're just literally crying on Twitter about it. And so I, I don't feel bad telling people like that to cry more.
0: There's a terrible Big Ten coaches list. I'm not going to read through that. But I, <laughs> I am ready for the Big 12 coaches that would win in a fight list this summer. Um, Big, Big 12? Yeah, that you put out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's the type baseball team looking? Really good. We let's, should get to, ask,
2: uh, let's get Keith on. Yeah, we should ask Keith Patrick, often referenced on this podcast with Red Raider Dugout, member of the Stake in the Plains content network. Um, we definitely need to do a preview with him. He's got big shoes to fill, because last year our baseball preview was with Dallas Braden. But I bet Keith is up to the challenge.
0: Do we ever get in touch with Dallas Braden after... Uh... <laughs>
2: No, should I should I quintuple text him? Yeah,
0: we should. We should slide into his DMs.
2: Hey man, it's been 8 months, but uh yeah. still curious to hear what your ideal was.
0: He could be the second two-time guest. Uh what's the team's record if TJ Shannon stays? I answered this one last night with what's the record right now?
2: I'd give us one and a half more wins.
0: Like, you beat Oklahoma if you have TJ? Yeah, I think so. I think you beat Oklahoma if you had Pop Isaacs.
2: I think Oklahoma and then, like, a 50-50 shot, you win one in Maui or Kansas or, or TCU. Okay. Maybe Ohio State. Yeah,
1: it's, it's hard to think about because – He would have obviously given you a lot of points. And then you have the games that you've played, or at least theoretically, would have given you a lot of points and the games that you've played this year, but he was also terrible in late game situations last year. And I think that's where he really could have pushed tech over the edge against Oklahoma. So I don't know. It's a it's a fun thought exercise.
0: How about with Kevin McCullough?
1: Same record, if not worse.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I think defensively, you're probably a little better with him. But is that enough to to change any? I don't know. Uh, is the basketball IQ of this team in double digits?
1: I have no idea how IQ scores work.
0: <laughs> Me neither.
1: So I'll take the over.
0: Yeah, I'll take the over. It's got to be in the triples. Uh, Could the Picador's design better out-of-bounds plays than what Tech is putting forth? Kyle did not like that question. (laughs) He just completely left the chat. We'll see if he comes back. His phone probably died or something. Uh, Look, again, I thought the play was good at the end of regulation if Jalen Tyson kicks that ball down to O'Banner. Right?
1: Yeah, I I trust the Picadors with my life, so I'll say yes.
0: Same. Uh, Jackson says we lose to La Tech with KMac. A big hit. Yeah, hard no from Kyle. He just He just hated the question so much he left. Um, is there a basketball related scenario where Mark Adams is fired this season? No. Would he keep his job if tech went over in conference play? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that happens,
1: yeah, but how often do you guys get one year extensions? right So I think that that really complicates things. I think if you didn't extend him last season, then it it might be more of a conversation, but i'll I'll say no just because of the extension last off season
0: agree. Uh, start, bench, cut, getting mad at coaching, getting mad at missed free throws, getting mad at refs.
1: Start refs, bench, free throws, cut coaching.
0: Same. It's way more fun to be mad at refs. That That's a, quite a thrill for me, especially live. Uh, should one be considered a pink raider? if we are truly assessing the current state of men's basketball and seeing the cracks of a foundation?
1: Absolutely. Those are your only options. You can either be perpetually optimistic and always looking on the bright side of things or, or be a pink raider.
0: Sometimes you need a pink raider. All right, I've reached out to Kyle. We'll see if he, if he comes back or not. Uh, who was is the most intimidating football player you've seen in person?
1: We've got a, I've got an interesting story on this one. My dad, actually, for a while, speaking of Briggsie, uh, was an indoor football arena lineman, or not lineman, line judge for the Allen Wranglers. I don't even remember what their old name was, but there was a stint there where Terrell Owens was actually playing for them wow. for a while. And um, because awesome. my dad was on the field... Uh, I, I would get seats like right behind the bench and I was like very young, maybe 11 or 12 sitting behind the bench and uh, just like, man, it's Terrell Owens. Like I grew up a Cowboys fan. This is awesome. I'm like yelling at him like, Hey man, sign my football. Like, it's great to meet you. Can we get a picture or something? And he was not a very nice person. And so he was both intimidating in his, stature and in his demeanor.
0: Oh, yeah, just the the history there, just who he is. Yeah. Oh, here he is. There we go.
1: We all
2: talking about me?
0: Yeah. <laughs> you and Terrell Owens. I
1: We're can't wait to hear them, uh, the most intimidating football players we've met in person, and we all went to high school Kyle immediately. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to hear
2: uh, the last three or four minutes while I was trying to Regain internet access here.
0: We were uh, somebody said the ghost of Martha Washington cut your connection.
2: <laughs> I thought it was the Lincoln bedroom. I, was that I thought the so comp- too, last episode?
0: We'll see. Uh, Jakeem Grant, intimidatingly short. When I saw him at Mesquite's, <laughs> uh, then they say uh, they say never meet your heroes, Ryan. If Torello, that's true. Your heroes. Uh, we played against a a quarterback called Austin Albertus and he a quarterback went on to play defensive line at uh, Iowa State So is he, this, was, he was pretty intimidating
2: is this most intimidating we've played against or like seen in person
0: seen in person was the
2: question I was in the Texas Tech field house the offseason in between Jordan Brooks' junior and senior year and like you know that middle linebackers are big you know in your head but walking past one in the hallway, especially like a future first round in the NFL, you're like, holy crap. Like this guy looks like he's like three times yeah. my size. It was a little bit jarring. It was like, I mean, I knew guys that were like Division I in high school and stuff. And I, you see college football players on the field like standing next to each other and from afar. But walking past Jordan Brooks in the hallway, I was like, okay, that's pretty freaking crazy.
0: My first one-on-one interview – Ever was with Cliff Kingsbury in person, and I uh, called him Big Dog, so it went well.
1: Uh, Sounds all right.
0: Big Hen says he met and played against Keenan Ward in high school, and he told him that his team was light work.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where Big Hen went to high school. We know Keenan was a Snyder Tiger.
0: I think uh, Big Hen was a Pirate, but I'm not entirely sure.
2: That's funny. We'll see. He'll probably try light, light work.
0: The Snyder Tigers, man. Correct. Yes, he was a pirate. You down with LCP? All right. Final sure. thoughts. I think there was a few more questions in the Discord mailbag, but Ooh,
2: we we should get to them. They're they're paying customers.
0: All right. Let's see. Um, one of them was: were the mods ever in control?
2: No. No.
0: How will you watch TCU lose a heartbreaker in the final minute?
2: Oh yeah, cuz you have like 12 different broadcast oh, options. Oh yeah,
0: here we go. All right, so main telecast. Oh, there was some Discord discourse a couple of days ago about Pat McAfee. Um, I respect Pat McAfee. If I if I had a couple million dollars in the bank, I would do what he did. Um, I'm trying to do it now without the money. Uh, But he is overexposed. The dude is on too much. Just go do your show and college game day and and wrestling, and that's enough.
2: Yeah, it's jumped the shark for me. I I don't don't dislike him, but I think a common common comment about uh, Pat McAfee is that it's good in doses. Yeah. But when you can't get away from him, it's like, okay, this is a little much.
0: Uh, Command Center, the Skycast, the Spanish language... The 4K Skycam, the national radio broadcast, but you can watch it, uh, Georgia Hometown Radio on the SEC network, uh, the All-22 stream, the TCU Hometown Radio, the Georgia Hometown Radio, and then the marching bands.
1: I will watch TCU lose a heartbreaking national championship on my bed made out of money because that would mean that TCU – covered the 13 and a half spread. I'm a simple man with simple
2: pleasures. I always just go with the standard broadcast. I don't ever do the Manning cast. I don't do the Coach's Corner. I don't do the Skycam. I'll just be on regular good
1: old-fashioned ABC. I appreciate the All-22 look when you're re-watching a game, yeah. but right. live, I like to just go with the main broadcast. Yeah.
0: I will dip into... The command center, because I'm a stat guy. I will dip into the All-22, and I will dip into the TCU Hometown Radio, because I'm a radio nerd. Uh, where's the coaches? I always watch the coaches one. There's no coaches table this year. Yeah. If you could put together a coaches table uh, to watch a game with, or just to watch watch a game, who would you put in there?
2: Um. Past or present, I think Spike Dykes would be hilarious if that was on the table. Uh, As far as current guys, it's easier for me to think of guys I would absolutely not want to watch, like Dabo. Yeah. uh, Cliff. I love Cliff, but I mean, just zero charisma there. Right. Um, Gary Patterson was actually really good when he was on it. Yeah. Trying to think of. Oh, uh, honestly, I think. It'd be funny or or fun to have like Maguire and trailer, like guys that you know are good friends. Yeah. Um
0: What about uh Maguire and um uh, Lane Kiffin? You think we can come to blows there?
2: Oh, geez. Um, man.
0: That's what I want. I want a little drama too.
2: Yeah. I think Sabin would be cool since Kirby Smart is one of his former assistants and yeah. you know they, he's coached against him in so many high-stakes games. Leach
0: would have been a fun one.
2: Yeah. Urban Meyer. Uh, How about Ur- Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh together? That'd be entertaining.
0: Yeah. Just a couple of NFL coaches. <laughs> Is Harbaugh going back to the NFL, yes or no? No. This offseason. I don't think so. No. Either. We do this every offseason. It's not going to happen. All right, there was a lot more questions, but they're not in the mailbag. So, they got to put them in the right channel for them to be answered.
2: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Spike and Slocum drinking would have been legendary. Yeah. Uh, All right, final thoughts?
2: Final thoughts. Excited to watch my Vikings host an NFL playoff game. Fans of other teams can't really say that. Uh, 13 wins Pretty good. Pretty 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 good. What are the Cowboys doing?
0: Uh, gonna lose to Tom Brady. They're gonna Dak's gonna score with a minute and a half left and Tom Brady's gonna rip their hearts out.
2: Tom Pebe. Honestly, I like the draw. I, I of course you always wanna be like the higher seed, but I would much rather play Daniel Jones and the Giants in the first round than Aaron Rodgers. I think the Packers are gonna win tonight. I, I'm. I mean, the Packers killed us uh, what a week ago. Yeah. So I do not want any part of Aaron Rodgers in the first round. I'll I'll take if the Vikings are fortunate enough to win. I'll take Brock Purdy in San Francisco in round two, over Aaron Rodgers in Minneapolis in round one. If we get that far, I mean, hey, it's the Vikings. So some sort of major choke is likely imminent, but we'll
1: see. I like the draw.
0: Money, did you like that Cowboys game today?
1: I did not. Not even a little bit. And if you're on the Discord, you you know exactly what my response to that showing was. Um, But final thoughts from me, man. Buy some Mrs. Dash seasoning. Drink some water. Exercise for 20 minutes a day. Because we've got 15 Big 12 basketball games left that are surely going to raise your blood pressure. So... Take care of yourself. Enjoy some basketball games. I I really do think that there will be a handful of games uh, season that you win that are pretty electric basketball contests. And So enjoy the game. Uh, It'll be a fight night in and night out, but I'm excited. That's what Big 12 basketball offers. So love y'all.